Welcome back everybody to Embodied Experience with Sylvie and Lauren. I'm Lauren and I'm so excited to be bringing episode nine to you guys. Sylvie and I are just trekking along and really enjoying and loving this journey of being able to collaborate, have these conversations and really have you guys just jump on board with us. And um, today we're gonna be talking about dealing with doubt. Uh, I think that this is just such a awesome uh, discussion for us to be endeavoring upon because doubt is just something that creeps into all of our lives all the time. I mean, I think even when we get super excited and invigorated about something, doubt will inevitably come into play. And so today, Sylvie and I are just going to kind of venture down memory lane a little bit as we normally do, thinking about talking about what doubt looks like, what it has looked like, how we've dealt with it, how we're dealing with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like uh, the table of contents for today's talk, right? Uh, so I'll launch right into it with how doubt has, you know, really played a, you know, a part in my life. Uh, I think that doubt has kind of always been this underlying, like, you know, this na 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 boo boo, you can't do it, you know, that kind of like kid sort of thing. Um, and I always just, you know, kind of looked at that voice or that thought and I'm like, no, not you. I am going to do all the things that I'm going to do in spite of you. And so I think for me and my journey, I have really learned to look doubt in the face and just say, not today, not today, doubt. I am going to do what I set out to do. And, you know, I think honestly, it comes from a fear of being a flake. So for good or for bad, in spite of wanting to be or not wanting to be a flake, I have not allowed doubt to ever stop me. Uh, you know, I, probably why I started doing a master's when I was already six months pregnant with my third child, probably why I moved to Colorado and I'd never lived there before in my life at 18. I was moving from Mississippi, but I was from Hawaii and Mississippi kind of jointly because that's where my parents lived. Uh, and I just wasn't going to let anything stop me. I joined the Air Force because I was like, you know, I could do this. Um, and even now, uh, endeavoring into the world of network marketing, I have had so many doubts of feeling like I'm not good enough, like this profession isn't real. And, you know, really just looking at or hearing that voice and going, no, not today, doubt. I'm not going to let you stop me because in spite of you, I am enough. I am great and I will do the things that I maybe, I don't know, society or, or my inner voice tells me that I can't do. Um, so doubt is is a real thing and, and it is definitely something that I have battled with. But I'm really, you know, I, I think sitting here thinking about and reflecting, I don't think it's necessarily something I have struggled with in a really horrendous way. Um, I think that there have been moments where I had pause and I was like, could I really do this? And that was, you know, some doubt creeping in. And then I ultimately was like, no, I'm at least going to give it a try. And if I, you know, try and it doesn't work out, well, at least I tried. Um, but I'm also not somebody who just gives up quickly or easily, you know, uh, I know when it's time, I, I think I, you know, we've talked about 
listening to our intuitive uh, internal health meter, if you will. Um, and so I think I've realized when I needed to, you know, pump the brakes on something because it just wasn't um, feeding my soul or feeding, you know, the, the goodness that I was trying to bring to the world and to myself. But I give things a try. I keep myself open to opportunity because, you know, it's, it's when we're closed off that we really let doubt run our lives. Okay, Sylvie, that's kind of like my diatribe to start us off, kind of this uh, idea that I'm, that I'm, you know, sort of uh, tangoing with, if you will, um, openness, that's, you know, the ability to not have doubt creep in, or that's the ability to kind of look doubt in the face and say, not today. Um, how have you looked at doubt? How have you dealt with, are you dealing with uh, doubt in your life? And, and uh Give us a story, maybe something tangible that uh, that the listeners can apply to their life. Yes, I super love that. Doubt can creep in, and it always will creep in and out of our lives. And in the in those moments, we can either choose to close up and allow doubt to dictate us, or we can remain open and become curious about those doubts. Where are they coming from? Why are they there? What do we need to do to appease those doubts? Sometimes I think doubt can be a self-protective mechanism. Um, and it can give us information, right? It can give us like kind of, I, you know, where are my insecurities coming from? Um, and what do I need to do to address them? So tangible example, growing up, I was super afraid to fail. Like I felt if I failed at something... I was no longer going to be accepted and loved. And so I did everything within my control to make sure that I never failed, which in turn led to perfectionist tendencies and behaviors because it kept me feeling like I could be kind of one-upping my fear of failure, like proving to myself, like, see, nope, but you don't fail. And proving to the world that I don't fail. But in turn, it also kind of held me back sometimes from doing the things or saying the things that I really, really wanted to do. Because I was afraid if I did it, um, if I was wrong or if I didn't do something 100% correct, that like dire consequences would be a result. And so I held back. Um, and I see that in a lot of people i see it come up in different situations in which you know we might be afraid to like fail or i think you said flake which I, i'm kind of assuming is sort of the same thing but if we find like oh nope i'm not going to make this happen and this isn't going to work we just don't try and that doesn't feel good after a while so gaining the courage to just push through and doing things anyway is a practice worth exploring. And I think when we when when doubt creeps up, I've had to look at it like, okay, well, what are you not afraid of? I mean, what are you afraid of? So, for instance, if um hmm I'm trying to think of an actual example like I think for me it comes a lot more relational wise where I have a lot of doubt creep in like 
I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. I don't want to be a pain in the butt or what I consider to be a pain in the butt. So I don't want to offend anybody or say the wrong thing. And um, in doing so, I doubt myself. Like I doubt my feelings. And that's been a practice to just be like, nope, this is how I feel. And this is, um, this may cause conflict. This may not be the cool or correct thing to say. But I'm going to say it anyway. And so I've practiced doing that a lot more in my lives with with friends, with family, with um, in business relationships and telling clients like, hey, I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. And and being OK with not knowing and not being a perfect um, practitioner it's it's kind of allowed me to be like, oh my god, I see you doubt and I'm really tired of protecting you all the time. So I'm going to do this thing anyway. So that's how it's shown up in my life. Doubt creeps in on a daily basis in different ways. And I have I, I try to question it. I try to become really curious. Like, why is that? And what is it that I need to do to work on? So I try to use doubt as not a dictator, but as... um. A source of information for where I can see my blind spots and go from there. And I think 2020 has been a huge doubt trigger for so many of us. So I was reading the other day, a, um, I was reading about doubt. And the author had explained that there's three major things that can trigger doubt. And that is uncertainty uncertainty, lack of control, and not having enough information. And, you know, that goes back to like anything. So let's say uncertainty, lack of control, uh, not enough information. So if I want to pursue something, and I'm not 100% sure, doubt might creep in. So I don't do it because I'm uncertain, it's not going to work out. I don't know if I can control the outcome. Maybe I don't know enough yet. And so eh, I'm just not going to do it. Um, that can happen in, re- in the context of relationships. Not sure if the person's on the same page as you. So rather than having those hard conversations like we've talked about in the past, um, we doubt, so we shut off. We don't pursue. We don't open our hearts. Boom. Um, and then I was thinking about 2020. And, you know, the security of, of our jobs, of, of society, of how it functions. It's like, we don't even know, we don't have enough information as to what's going on. We have no idea what the future is going to look like. None of us can really control it. We're kind of all in this position where we're all figuring out at the same time. So I feel like 2020 has been a year of triggering doubts. And, you know, I've been very, very fortunate through 2020 in that regards and I've had my moments where I'm like oh my god my job what's gonna happen I had to move um I signed like I signed for my first home that I bought this year the same week that I was put on furlough which is unemployment in um the start of COVID and I was like oh my god I don't even know if I should be buying property what if the economy fails? Everyone's telling me we're about to go into the Great Depression. You know, my mother's telling me I'm about to uh, 
I should just pack up my my boxes and move back home. Um, people are telling me all sorts of things. I'm like, oh my God, I might be out of a job, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and sign for this mortgage. And I was like, I was a mess. Like I was crying. I was like, I found my dream home. I don't know what to do. And I listened and I said, you know what? There's no way that this didn't all just line up for it to fall apart. You got to have a little trust here. You got to push these downs aside. You have to trust that you're going to be able to figure this out no matter how the cards fall. You want this. You're going to make this work. You're not turning back on this. And so I did it. And, you know, fortunately for me, it worked out really well. I was put on furlough. My job came back. And, you know, I appreciate that. And I worked very hard. But that was my big, that was one of my big triggers in 2020. And then, you know, the uncertainty of, um, of health, of risk, of the safety of loved ones. It triggers all sorts of doubts. And how it's been really cool to kind of watch how I respond, how to watch how others respond and to see how doubt can can really dictate our lives without us even knowing it. Um, and so I don't know, I, I doubt used to like stress me out and I would be anxious all the time and um now I'm at the point where I'm like curious about doubt and um I use it as a way to find growth and opportunity such great examples Sylvie thanks so much for sharing your life and and talking about this year wow yeah what a year uh, we've had and such a phenomenal example about doubt creeping in I can only imagine that you know, so many people, if not will, really everybody, uh, has faced doubt in this year, whether it be from employment or um, just the current status in life. It's It's been a year filled with uncertainty. And, and really, I kind of wanted to draw back to what you mentioned about reading uh, these three key points about why doubt or how doubt creeps in. You said uncertainty, lack of control, not having enough information. I actually wrote them down because I just thought it was, you know, that uh, profound to realize and, and three things that I never want to forget again so that when I am recognizing or when I am feeling doubt so then I can recognize it, I can ask myself, what am I feeling uncertain about if it's not uncertainty? What do I feel a lack of control in? If it's not that, then what do I not have enough information about? Um, and I think that that will certainly help me to navigate whatever doubt I'm going through. I think in my life, I have certainly fared through uh, some pretty <sighs> doubt-driven times. Uh, it, mostly in particular, I think about leaving the Air Force. It, you know, it's not, it's not like you just get to choose to leave the military when, when uh, it's not going so well. I can't just put in my two-week notice. So at the time at which um, things were really going poorly for me and it was really, really a toxic uh, situation, for my own mental health, I, I did, I needed to get out. I needed to leave that situation. It just wasn't uh, an option. Um, but my husband and I, uh, we, we talked through it and realized that if 
I was going to save myself, be healthy for myself, I needed to be able to just leave. And so that required me uh, doing a, or that would have required me to do a, um, I guess, voluntary, uh, like sort of loophole memorandum that uh, I would have been resigning my commission essentially. And uh, I would have been not getting paid anymore, um, which as, as an officer in the Air Force is quite a bit. And that was going to drastically change our life. And I was really doubtful that we could make that happen. But, you know, it was just so um, such an aggressive time that, you know, it, none of that mattered. And so we anyways, we we came together in faith um, and prayed and we were ready to sell all of our worldly possessions, sell our homes, sell our cars, uh, do whatever we need to do financially to make the situation possible. And, you know, as, as luck or faith would have it, uh, God made another way. And uh, I was able to basically be put in a sabbatical year and then in the end, be medically retired. So, so I still do receive a pension at this current moment as a disabled veteran and a medically retired individual. But I say all that to say that, you know, doubt when channeled into spirituality and faith, it can become so powerful because I think through these doubtful adverse seasons and situations, you know, we're either forced through this adversity uh, to break down and succumb to the doubt and the the aggressiveness of all of those emotions, or we're forced to open our hand and and to allow um, to allow our faith to be stronger than our doubt and to to let things happen as they may. And I think. Well, for me, I have been pleasantly surprised every single time that I opened my hand and I stopped trying to have control. I stopped trying to have certainty and I stopped trying to have so much information because, you know, Sylvie, you know, what you say is so true. Doubt comes from uncertainty, lack of control, not having enough information. But as soon as we open our hands up, we open our minds up, we open our hearts up to being okay with uncertainty, to not having control, and to not having enough information, we allow ourselves so much more life. Because all of those things that ultimately culminate in doubt just steal us of our, just steal, no, they rob us of our joy. And I'll be darned if I'm going to let my life be robbed of joy. I mean, this life is too short already. So I'm grateful, honestly. I think that this helps kind of frame my gratitude for the adverse things that have happened in my life because it allows me to see times that I was super doubtful. And when I gave up that doubt and I was just like, you know what, it's, it's all going to work out. And I had faith. It did and it does. It continues. It's just, and it, it never fails. Like as soon as I feel doubt creep in, I let it go and somehow a way is found. I mean, I could give a million examples throughout 2020, you know, from not having um, our au pair come with us to finding somebody who was able to be there for us. I could go through that whole story. I, you know, I, Guys, I could this could turn into a story podcast. I don't know, maybe I should do that, Sylvie. What do you think? Tell me, tell me if I should tell some more stories. But uh truly, I know that my life has been a example, um, a testimony of letting doubt go and letting 
God do his thing. And my life has just constantly come together. And it, and it, I have no doubt that it will continue to come together. Um, and with each time that I open up my hand and my heart and my mind to, you know, not have control and to be okay with uncertainty and a lack of information, um, it becomes easier and easier for the bigger things to happen. And, and, and it becomes easier and easier to not be doubtful and to just, you know, roll with it. So Sylvie, hopefully, uh, I mean, I got super like <laughs> impassioned with sharing that part. Um, yeah. Should I share more stories or I don't know, what do you, what do you think and how you feeling about, uh, about everything I just, I just dropped? <laughs> yes, I definitely think you should. I, Love hearing your stories, Lauren. And I'm kind of curious, did you and your husband decide to make this move prior to you having children? Or was this after you had uh, your first child? Because I think it's really cool, you know, knowing where you are today with your three beautiful boys and your amazing family, you know, to take a moment to look back and see where you stood in that moment in how in the face of doubt you were able to remain open and just focus on taking the next step not necessarily taking the next step with a huge amount of worry about how it's all going to turn out I mean of course that was there but kind of keeping that on the shelf and being like you know what I'm gonna address that when I get to it or as they say like cross that bridge when you get to it um so yeah I'm just curious Let's continue to hear more of your story. I'd love to hear it, and I'm sure the listeners would too. Um, But yeah, I'm glad you found that helpful, the three things. So now if we can take moments in times of, I guess what I would consider more of like a spiritual, emotional doubt, in which, you know, we're feeling a little bit uneasy in spirit, um, recognizing uncertainty, lack of control, and limited information how that can impact our psyche and our thought processes and naturally bring up our fears which can shape our doubts Um, and going back to this idea of just staying open just saying like hey I'm here I'm recognizing and then putting into play some of those 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 um kind of cliche quotes that we hear that all of a sudden it makes so much sense I think as you experience more and it's you know learning to accept what you can control and learning to let go of what you can't and then um so you know finding that balance of what it means to be in control because I think when we sort of grip too firmly to staying in control we drive ourselves into um greater states of frustration because the reality is is we can only control so much so there's that uncertainty it's um it kind of it just that is what it is right so recognizing that and then with the lack of information just taking action and gaining more as you can and again there becomes that fine balance of controlling and controlling what you can and letting go of what you can't because even sometimes getting information is hard And so keeping your pulse on the ability to keep the heart space and the spirit open to what's coming, um, 
and not so much in a blindfully um in like a blindfold way but more in a okay sometimes things just need more time and so i think when we are in states of doubt um time can almost feel like it's closing in on us and so allowing time to do its thing as well is a perspective to keep because um yeah like it just it takes time for things to unfold for for more information to come about for more things to happen and shift so we can find um a little bit more solace in how we are moving forward so just some other thoughts on on that and being able to recognize when doubt creeps up and maybe taking some kind of self checkpoints into how to cope and deal with it and yeah I mean in in 2020 being a great example for all of us it's like okay well I think this year has for sure challenged each and every single one of us as an individual and as a collective to take this saying take it day by day into a very literal sense because we've had to move through um global and communal levels of change and really can't make any hard concrete decisions and our ability to to be in full control has been challenged so um just just staying open like you said staying open um taking it one step at a time and knowing and noticing doubt for what it is and allowing it to be either a guide or sort of a signal to prompt you into productive action. It's when we get stuck and believe in the doubts so much that it freezes us, um, that it can become painful, I guess, painful, harmful, um, uncomfortable to the point of, um, yeah, I guess harmful really, right? Because it, it stops you, it makes you feel stuck, so... I can imagine you were feeling those things prior to going ahead and making the decision. And, you know, I think it sounds like you already handled it, taking into account all those three things, right? Speaking to your husband about it, kind of weighing options, and then seeing like what it was worth in order to not allow doubt to dictate you and stay where you stay where you were, because you knew it wasn't worth it in the end. And that, um, you know, I think you would have, it sounds like you would have almost stayed in doubt and I'm sure it could have worked out either way. You know, life has a funny way of working things out, but it could have, you know, made the path a little bit darker, a little bit longer than I, than it needed to be. If, if doubt felt like it was the truth. So let's hear more of the stories. I'd love to hear them. Yes. Stories. You're so right. I probably should share more. I know that stories are what we hold on to the most because they resonate with us and, you know, we're able to remember them more easily. Right. So, yeah, I mean, as far as your question goes with, if we had kids, we certainly did. We had two kiddos already and I was, um, well, I wasn't pregnant with Owen yet, but we did know we wanted to have another child. So, you know, making the decision back then, um, you know, this is November, 2017 of, I need to take this, um, take this uh, exception to policy letter so that I can get out of the military and, and just be done with it. 
you know, it was a tough one, but it was one that needed to be made because um, it was just too toxic to stay. But, uh, you know, I think faith and prayer has a funny way of working out that when you finally give up your doubts and your concerns and you let, you know, these earthly things go, everything seemingly works out. And, and I feel like that's happened time and time again, you know, in my life, uh, where so many things are concerned. I mean, I could give the story of how we own two homes. We own a home in Washington, DC, and we own a home, uh, in Rhode Island. And then we were moving to DC. So it was April of this year. And, uh, our tenants that lived in our DC house just decided, um, they no longer liked living in the city and they were going to leave. And so they broke their lease and they had every right, well, not right. They had every, um, I guess option or availability to do it. I mean, granted they, I could, we could have like taken them to court, but taking the court like is so much money and, and really, it's really not a viable option. So really we had no options. I mean, they, they forfeit, um, their, their deposit and we're left holding the bag because we own this house. And, um, you know, it was really, really tough because we, you know, own the house in Rhode Island. We knew that it was, you know, already going to be rented out to some wonderful people that are in it now, but we were still moving to Germany. And now we've got this, you know, $3,400 a month mortgage in our DC house. That's not going to be covered pretty much after May because we had, you know, their deposit to cover May's mortgage since they left in April. And, you know, we just opened our hands and we said, you know, God, take this. Uh, we know that you're in control. You know, you'll provide us the options. And I kid you not, Sylvie, um, you know, we didn't have anybody look at it pretty much all of May, but then uh, come early June, a wonderful gentleman uh, moved in. I think it was June 12th he moved in. And we've had, you know, a tenant in there since, and we've just been so blessed. But But even then we were actually, you know, afforded, you know, so many other opportunities along the way to just feel at ease about our decision-making. And I think that that ease comes from not having so much invested into the worldly things. You know, I think that the world would tell us that all of these things are so important, but as soon as we allow these things to not have so much importance, then we can release the doubt that we have to hold on to them. Uh, and the more that I release and I open up my hands from this need to control, I really don't wrestle with doubt that much. And it's such a wonderful gift to not wrestle with that. So, um, you know, taking opportunities, you know, seeing ways that I can help others and, and just reach out, it all becomes so much easier when I'm not so caught up in the control of my own life. So, uh, I think control kind of equals doubts truly because it, it sucks the peace and the joy out of us because we're trying to control everything. I think we could probably put that in a whole nother podcast. We could talk about control. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do that one down the line. Um, but Sylvie, thanks so much for having this conversation with me. I know we've gone pretty long on this one. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, otherwise, we can definitely um, move on to the next one uh, because I think so many more topics have, have come up in this conversation. Yeah, lovely discussion. And that is the beauty of story. I think as we continue to walk through this life, our experiences um, can start to reveal to us that things eventually do come full circle. And so I know like growing up, my mother would always say this to me because I was a child filled with doubt, like definitely very anxious and kind of always 
thought, felt, and expected the worst um, by nature. And I think many of us probably may be wired this way. Like, I've grown to become an optimistic person, which has helped me to better cope and deal with doubt. Um, but yeah, of course, it still creeps up. So, you know, my mom used to always say to me, hindsight is twenty twenty, and and now being able to look back on stories from my life and, and stories from your life, Lauren, and I think everybody, when you sit down and you get a little introspective and you take a moment to think back on where your doubts were coming from, what your doubts were directed at, and look at how you overcame or got through whatever struggles you were facing, that becomes powerful. That becomes an experience that um, speaks to us, that contributes to our deeper knowing, um, that binds us to our faith in whatever that may be, whether it be God or a higher spirit, the universe, you know, whatever you believe in. And I think with time and experience and reflection, we learn to allow ourselves to be okay with having a certain level of control and then being able to let go of what we can't control. And so, yeah, just doubt. It's really interesting. Um, sometimes I look back at stories in my life or that were filled with doubt and I think, wow, I had wasted a lot of energy at that time mulling over my doubts and eventually got through to the other side. So it's not so much that it was a waste of time. It probably was something I needed to go through in those moments. But how can I now apply what I learned in past experiences and dealing with doubt and place that in moving forward? Um, so yeah, dealing with doubt can be tricky. And I know I think this comes with dealing with doubt dealing I think what we're we're referring to today is that dealing with doubt and that deeper knowing um of your spirit of your soul of who you are and where you're going and um just yeah learning to not allow doubt to be that dictator and learning to understand its nature so great talk Lauren thank you for sharing your personal stories thanks to everyone out there listening and uh yeah, definitely think we got some more conversations to have here. So until the next one. Another wonderful and uh, impactful conversation, learning about doubt as we talk through it with our experiences and just, you know, the way that we've framed it in our lives. Uh, definitely learning to let go of control uh, so that doubt doesn't end up coming in. I feel like control is just one of those big ones, kind of the point to leave off on, I think, uh, as as uh, you and I both kind of hit on that there at the end. But um yeah, I love collaborating with you, Sylvie. It is just such a joy to be able to bring these thoughts out into the light and kind of put them into some sort of context with stories and then share them. So thank you everybody for joining us once again. We love, love, love bringing you this content. And uh, until next time, this is Embodied Experience with Sylvie and Lauren.